What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a, another episode of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Third podcast in three days, David. We Let's are go. getting you guys ready for UAB game. Obviously, Miami opening up the 2020 season Thursday night against UAB, uh, 8 p.m. on the ACC Network. David, are you, are you ready for this thing or what? Yeah, man, I was, I'm ready. I was telling you before we, we hit record on this podcast, I don't know if I can remember being more excited about the start of a season, uh, you know, partly because I do think Miami's going to be a fun team this year to follow and watch. And also, too, you know, just getting back to some sort of sense of normalcy with, with just how strange 2020's been, right? So I, I'm super excited, game day. You know, as we're recording this, it's, what, 32 hours away? Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, we'll, we'll dive into it, but UAB is a legit matchup. Right, right. And, uh, you know, before we kind of roll through uh, the preview, I do have some housekeeping. Um, if you guys have not heard our other podcast from this week, Monday we broke down the two deep, kind of shared which freshman we think uh, is going to play the most snaps on Thursday night. Tuesday, we had former UM star linebacker DJ Williams on the podcast. He was actually really good. I wish we could have gone yeah. uh, much longer with him. Uh, but the main reason why we, we got him on is because we have partnered up with Dime Life. We are doing a football pick um, challenge um, through CBS Sports. You guys are going to pick 10 games a week against the spread. That is free. Um, and DJ, with his clothing company Dime Life, is going to offer – uh, a winner, a $250 voucher to use at his store. And he also said if anyone beats him this season, uh, you know, at, at season's end, he's going to give you 25% off in order. So there's no real reason not to sign up for this yeah. competition. It, it's going to be a ton of fun. We wanted to do all ACC games, but we can't because 2020 is, is 2020, but it's going to be 10 games a week. Um, the Miami game is not part of this week's slate. So if you're listening to this like Thursday night, right before – the game you can still sign up on on Friday and, and I, I think if you miss a week it's still fine it, uh, it, you accumulate points for each game so um, make sure to check that out I, I we posted the link on our site uh, it'll be in the uh, notes section of this podcast and you guys can find that at through the smoke.football.cbssports.com uh, also got to thank all of our subscribers and, and listeners and everyone who's leaving reviews. Much, much appreciated. Uh, we're getting a ton of good feedback. Um, so yes. it's, it, it's, it's not going unnoticed. Uh, David, let's, let's dive right into this thing. And I should tell you, we do have a third co-host with us today because it is raining and thundering outside. So my dog is pretty much sitting in my lap for this podcast because he can't, he can't do the thunder. So if you hear some noises, that's, uh, that's what the issue is. Uh, David, tell me about UAB. I think a lot of Miami fans watched their season opener against Central Arkansas last week on ESPN3. Um, this team is pretty good. I saw them play my Florida Atlantic Owls last yeah. year in the Conference USA Championship game. Um, and Bill Clark, you know, has things kind of cranking there. Yeah, so, you know, obviously there's not much name recognition with a team like UAB, right? So the average college football fan won't think much of this uh, matchup for Miami's season opener. But 
I mean, Miami knows the players and coaches are aware that UAB is a legitimate group of five team. I think they're, you know, in that range of, of being a top five group of five team, right? They're not the best group of five team in the country this year, but they are one of the best. So really the, the strength of their team, in my opinion, and Manny, Manny said this too, Manny Diaz said this too earlier this week, is their defense. Um, and, and just speaking broadly about their defense, right? They, they essentially run a, a 4-2-5. Um, they have an attacking D-line similar to Miami. And I think the best way to categorize their defense is they have a nice mix of guys who, in my opinion – have a shot to be NFL players mixed with veteran guys who are, you know, third, fourth, fifth year guys at the college level. So veteran guys that have been through uh, the fire before and are reliable, dependable type players. So anytime you face a group of five team or, or any team in general that, that can say we have NFL talent and we have dependable veterans, that team's going to be dangerous. And, you know, we can get into the players here if you want on defense. Are you cool with that? Yeah. I mean, I, I would try to keep it broad, but let's, let's okay. start, I guess, with the edge guys. And, you know, you wrote a story about how UAB has NFL talent. You just mentioned it. Um, two edge rushers who have the desired measurables guys that would probably yeah. be playing in the ACC level. And that's, that's Jordan Smith, who is six, seven, 255 pounds. And they got Alex Wright, who's six, seven, 260 pounds. So these are big dudes. I think yeah. what's pro football focus had Smith with a ton of pressures against central Arkansas. Yes. Obviously that's a FCS front, but um, let's not forget Miami gave up 50 plus sacks last season. And, uh, is right. it's not not green on the offensive line, but that's still a unit that uh, is I don't know being pieced together, kind of a match to prove unit. itself. Right. Yeah. So Jordan Smith uh, is the guy to know, right? In my opinion, of this on this UAB defense, he is like you said, he's a condor with that wingspan, has the NFL measurables. Coming out of high school, he signed with Florida. He was there. Um, I don't know exactly how long, but he was part of the credit card scandal back in the day and had to reevaluate things and, and landed at UAB, right? So he is a guy that is a power five level talent um, on this UAB defense. I think he's an NFL talent as well. Uh, last year, he totaled 52 quarterback pressures for the season. Granted, like you've, you've kind of said, he goes against group of five offensive lines the majority of the time, but 52 pressures is a ton. That is more than what Greg Rousseau put up last year in terms of straight up pressures in, in Greg Rousseau's excellent season last year. So yes, Jordan Smith got off to a good start in week one against an FCS level team with nine pressures. Um, he's, He's a guy that, you know, John Campbell is, is going to have to prove himself against. Um, so in that regard, it, it's, it's definitely going to be a nice first test for this offense and the offensive line. And then you mentioned the other guy, Alex Wright. 
you know, he's not quite on that Jordan Smith level, but he is, he's legitimate too. He's, he's entering his sophomore season. He had a solid freshman year last year, has similar measurables. And, you know, if things continue to progress for him, you know, during his development at the college level, he's got a shot to be an NFL level player too. So, you know, you mentioned both guys essentially are six foot seven. I don't know if Miami's going to see a pair of edge rushers with that type of length and athleticism the rest of the season. So uh, as you kind of alluded to, Miami's going to have to hit the ground running with their offensive line. Uh, well, I, I want to know how accurate that six seven is because i i looked at both their guys coming out of high school and they were like listed at six five usually it's the other way around listed at six seven shows up and it's six five so it'll be interesting to see uh yeah. you know they do look uh, tall like watching right. the game they look tall so yeah and six I, seven I, six five and i do want to point out you know all these sites including 24 seven sports they, they they put out these rankings of the top players and jordan smith uh in, in the yeah. heading into 2020 he checked in at number 29 on the list uh ahead of guys like quincy roche and, and stuff like that so he, you're absolutely spot on what other uh defender for them i wanted to mention is christopher mole yeah who's a linebacker but he as you wrote has gonna have a chip on his shoulder that's because he played at coral gables high school was a two-star recruit um, multi-year starter for them over 100 tackles last year uh, if you go on his profile I actually nailed the crystal ball for him to to UAB so gotta, nice. pound, my gotta pound my chest about that but I think that's a, not a cool storyline but uh, just another guy to highlight on that defense what about on offense David because uh, I from what I saw of that Central Arkansas game I thought that uh, the quarterback Tyler Johnston is a little flat-footed. I think Miami's going to have a chance to um, drop him in the backfield often. Yes, I agree with that. I mean, you know, that's definitely one thing we look for when we're evaluating the team that Miami's going to face that week, right? Because Miami fans now are well aware that dual-threat quarterbacks, and this has been the case for years now, be it, you know, before the Manny Diaz era, uh, on defense, but dual threat quarterbacks just give Miami's defenses headaches. And so those guys do matter when, when Miami faces guys that can bring some athleticism to the table. And like you said, UAB starter Tyler Johnston doesn't necessarily uh, offer that type of athleticism at the quarterback spot. He's kind of He's more of a pocket guy, uh, more of like a, a ball distributor type that knows knows the offense and knows the where to find the open man and can deliver those balls. I do think one thing to highlight with him is he does have kind of a track record of throwing interceptions, right? So yeah, didn't like Pro Football Focus compare him to Jameis Winston at one point? Yes, yes, they. They tweeted that out last week. So, and, and honestly, I agree with that because when you hear like the stat with Tyler Johnston is he's thrown 25 picks in his last 25 games. So obviously that's a ton of picks and, you know, you would assume the guy is really, really bad as a quarterback, but I would say that stat alone is misleading in terms of his ability as a quarterback. He is better than that stat would imply. 
I think he, he does take a lot of chances like Jameis Winston does. Um, he's an aggressive quarterback and, and sometimes uh, that those decisions work out and sometimes they don't. Um, I think it's, it's worth noting too. So the last two power five teams that he has played against, which are Tennessee and Texas A&M, he's had multi-interception games against those two power five defenses. So uh, it's, it's a level up. If he takes those chances against those type of power five defenses, uh, he, he kind of gets into trouble at times. But he certainly has some weapons around him that we can get into too. Yeah, um, I guess the one next to him in the backfield, Spencer Brown, the running back, super productive, uh, kind of a physical runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's about six foot, 220. Um, I guess just reading up on him, he's dropped like 20 pounds since last season. Uh, last season, he, de- he dealt with some nagging, I believe, ankle or foot issues that held him back uh, from being as productive as he was in 2017 and 2018. But as you alluded to, he is a highly productive back. Um, Only Clemson's Travis Etienne has more career rushing yards uh, going into this season. So he's run for, Spencer Brown has run for 3,249 yards and 32 touchdowns in his career. Um, So that should get Miami's attention. Certainly, I think you know, UAB does have a nice quarterback and some good receivers, but really the backbone of their offense is running the ball. So Miami's going to have to focus in on, on, run, on stuffing the run first and forcing UAB into obvious passing situations, which kind of plays into Miami's defense from an athletic pass rushing standpoint. So we will know if, if Miami's defense is having a good day, if they're able to limit Spencer Brown uh, running the ball. And then the one receiver to know is Austin Watkins, who uh, is from the Fort Myers area. Uh, uh, I think he's a yeah. cousin of, of Sammy yeah. Watkins. He was number 41 on Bruce Feldman's annual freaks list, which is guys that, I don't know, I think he calls around and just talks to strength coaches and they get them all sure. fired up about certain guys. But um, someone who probably is going to have a chance. We'll see at the NFL Combine, but uh, yeah. so, someone that'll be an early test, I think, for DJ Ivy and Al Blades. And if they right. put Watkins in the slot, you know, who does Miami utilize as their third corner? Who's that guy in the nickel? Is it to Corey Couch? Do we see them play the striker there? Like, I think he could create some issues at some point in the game, and, I, and I'm sure Miami will make adjustments, but that. It's another chess match to watch uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, Watkins certainly looks the part and moves like an NFL player, in my opinion. He's six foot three, 210 pounds, so big, sturdy, strong frame. And when you watch him move, he, he's definitely that bouncy type athlete that you know can, can hit his top speed in a hurry for being such a big guy. So in the FCS, the, the week one game against Central Arkansas, you saw uh, them play a lot of cloud coverages against him just to keep him in front of him so he couldn't get behind the defense for some big plays. I'm curious if Miami will, will go that route as well um, against him. But anyways, another thing worth mentioning with, with Austin Watkins is he is very consistent with catching the ball. I think he was targeted 
80, 90 times last year, and he, he only dropped one catchable pass the entire season last season. So uh, when a catchable ball is thrown his way, chances are Austin Watkins is coming down with it. He totaled more than 1,000 yards last season and averaged uh, about 19 yards per catch. So if, if there's a guy to know in terms of who could really break things open um, you know, against this Miami defense, Austin Watkins is the guy to know. I also think um, their their slot receiver Myron Mitchell is a guy to keep an eye on too. He's he's got pretty good speed as well um, as a slot receiver, and he's a good return man too. Well, we've done a quick scouting report of UAB. I think the bottom line is this team is pretty dang talented. Probably ta- more talented than Louisiana Tech was yeah. last season. Um, I don't know about I FIU. I have okay. a hot take. So defensively, I I do I really like UAB's defense, right? I would argue their defense is going to be better than what Miami will see in game two at Louisville. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think anyone thinks Louisville's good, but I, I will say I I I think you know th- there are some guys uh for them. So Miami shouldn't be looking at this as we're we're gonna run them and, and get our backups in and, and play all these guys. Like, I think there's a chance. I mean, I don't know. We'll get into score predictions later on and all that, but this isn't some pushover type game. Uh, with that being said, David, what is your kind of one big key to the game for Miami? And I know, I think you wrote 11 of them on uh, yeah Wednesday morning. So just give me your one kind of key for Miami and, and I'll give you mine. Yeah. The biggest one I'm looking at is, uh, you know, the offense, obviously it's a new offense, new quarterback. I just want the offense to get off to a fast start, right? So basically what that means to me is get, honestly, just get at least one touchdown in the first quarter. You look at, and that might seem like a low bar, but honestly, you look at last year in their losses, in their seven losses, Miami only scored a touchdown in the first quarter in one of those games against Georgia Tech, Miami scored two touchdowns in the first quarter. So every single one of the other games, um, of the other seven losses, Miami did not score a touchdown. And I think in four of those games, they didn't score any points at all. So, mm. you know, and, and also too, I think there's a domino effect that happens if Miami's offense does get off to a fast start. It allows Miami's defense to play freer, play fast, because the pressure is then on UAB to keep up and score. So if Miami gets a touchdown in the first quarter, I think that's probably going to be a good sign. Yeah, I I think best case scenario is opening drive. Like, interested to see if Miami wins the coin toss, if Miami Manny wants the ball, because I have a hunch uh, that would be the case. My, My big key to the game is like, Convert some damn third downs, guys. Uh, Last season, it was brutally painful to watch, and that was because there was a lot of negative plays on first and second down. I mean, Miami was 129th in the country in third down conversion rates, uh, 27.16% of third downs they converted. So, uh, you know, obviously we could say just the offense in general play a good game, but I think more specifically, don't put yourself in these – third and super long unmanageable situations and I 
I'm anticipating Rhett Lassie, it's going to be, you know, a lot of shorter play calls where you're not relying on these monster gains, and that should make it more third and threes, third and twos, a lot more manageable than, um, you know, something where you're you're banking on a freshman left tackle to hold off a SEC defend, defender out on the edge. So right. that's it for me. Just Just convert some third downs and make it easier. Yeah, and to your point, you know, I think you and I both expect Miami to lean heavily on the run this year. And if things go well in that regard, third down should be more manageable. So I'm with you. Third down, I mean, honestly, it couldn't get much worse uh, than it was last year. So well, you, you, they, they could have been Akron. So they, they could have been okay. worse. So there's, there's kind of no place to go but up. But I'm with you that like, okay, let's see a legitimate third down uh, conversion rate. Uh, this year I think that's definitely going to be a big key for the offense in general uh, the player you think that needs to step up for Miami again you can go in like a hundred different directions here yes I will go so the the area on defense I personally have the most question marks with is probably corner um, you know I just want to know how good those guys really are how consistent those guys really are. So I'm going to go with Al Blades. Uh, you know, he's got a big time matchup. I think the majority of the time he's probably going to be lined up against Austin Watkins. And so I want to see how he responds uh, with that challenge. Um, but again, like you said, there, there's a lot of different options to go with this one. I'm going Jalen Phillips. Um, and, you know, does Miami need you know, a breakout performance from a defensive end to win this game. I, I probably not like, I, I honestly think it's a little funny that me and you didn't go offensive here, but yeah. I think that Miami has in a way put some, some pressure on Jalen Phillips. And I don't know if this was by design from defensive coordinator, Blake Baker, just kind of what he has said to the media about Jalen Phillips. But look, man, you were a five-star recruit. You were the number one player in the country. I know you briefly retired, now you're back, but the hype's here. Like, step up and produce, because I think you're going to have a chance um, to tee off on, on UAB's quarterback. Like, I, I mean, I only watched a, a handful of snaps from that Central Arkansas game, and all I kind of thought was, like, uh, Miami's two ends are just going to going to yeah. eat and, like, produce. So let's see it. Do it, man. Show us that you are what we thought you were three years ago. And I think – you know, I think I, I, I have a like not a hunch, but I get the impression that a lot of people in Miami's locker room like respect him and his path back. So I think if yeah. he gets going, that's only going to get guys around him even more fired up. I'm with you. I, I am definitely buying the Jalen Phillips hype going into this season. Let me just say if, if I was going to pick an offensive player real quick, uh, the player that needs to step up, I would go with John Campbell, the left tackle. Just, you know, as we mentioned, he's going to be going up against some pretty good, pretty big time defensive ends. Uh, how do you do? How do you handle that, that, uh, that situation against UAB? So offensively, I would keep an eye on how the left tackle, you know, both tackles to be honest with Jared Williams on the right side, but how those guys hold up. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. I, I had him circled before I, I switch. Uh, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we have some 
projections from Sportsline. Remember, Alan Bell was on the podcast. He talked about um, how they do game-by-game -game projections. So we have a projected stat line for Derek King uh, and some other interesting uh, little, little stats. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. Okay, David, we are back. Before we get into those sports line projections, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I think we did this last season uh, in our preview podcast, who do you think the potential player of the game for Miami could be like, this is the guy uh, who we're going to be talking about on Friday morning. Like, man, he just absolutely did what he needed to do. Pro football focus grade over 80, uh, you know, something <laughs> like that. I'll go, I'll go Jalen Phillips. I'll say the guy you said that needs, needs to step up. Um, again, I, I am all in on Jalen Phillips. Uh, I think the hype is real. You know, I was super impressed when he talked with the media. And, and again, you can't base much off of that. But just the way he carried himself, he seemed like just a pro, just a mature guy um, who's focused on getting his career back on track. So uh, I'm going to go Jalen Phillips kind of uh, makes a claim to being one of the best pass rushers in the country this year. Damn! So you're buying the Jalen Phillips. I'm, I'm buying. I'm buying the Derek King hype, man. Um, you know, I am too. Is, is it going to be 300 yards and six touchdowns like it was in a <laughs> padless padless scrimmage? I, I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, but I think, you know, I don't want to. Like, this isn't like a money year for him, or or I mean, maybe it is. But I think he's ready to. Yeah, I don't know. Prove himself. Like I, I just go back to how he's handled himself, everything that has been said, uh, and I think he is a. He's going to be. A, I think he's going to be a game manager, but he's going to be more than a game manager as he's a guy who's going to be able to make plays. But I think he's going to be pretty smart with that football. I, I, I haven't. I get the sense that he will have complete control of yes. this offense, and I think the, his his running ability. Um, is only going to make him that much more dangerous. So I think this could be a bit of a coming out party for him. And, yes. and I think it's going to be, if, if that's the case, like the hype around Miami will be through the roof. I'm a big time believer in D.R. King as well. Um, I fully expect him to 
you know, be as good as, as advertised, to be honest. I, I feel like I've written about 100 articles on him this offseason, kind of highlighting why he is a legitimately good college quarterback. Um, and, and I'll say this. If, if De'Eric King goes out and has a good game um, against this UAB defense, I think we will have a pretty good idea and feeling that uh, he's going to have a good season because like I've said, this UAB defense is good. Um, and so if Derek can have a good game produce against this UAB defense, I think he's going to be in store for, for a special season. Let, let me tell, let me ask you this. So entering this game, he's riding, I think it's a 15 game streak of yeah. a passing and a rushing touchdown. Uh, he broke Tim Tebow's record. Do, do you think he continues that streak against UAB? Absolutely. I think Rhett has been thinking about that for the past six months. <laughs> I'm just uh, I, think there's a, I think there is a good chance uh, that, that that happens. I, I, I think One of the things I love about Derek as a player is he is so dangerous as a runner in the red zone. So like, you know, if teams go man coverage or, or whatever, drop back into soft zones in the red zone, he'll just take off and run, run into the end zone. So, I mean, it is kind of a worthless uh, streak, to be honest. Like, it doesn't really mean much. But I think it does illustrate just, like, how hard it is to defend the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we've heard that kind of coming out of practices and, and whatnot about how elusive he is in, in the open field. Uh, this kind of follows right into that. I mentioned the sports line projection. So when we had Alan Bell on a few podcasts ago, he was kind of breaking down that service and, and you guys can sign up for it. Um, it's a monthly fee, part of the CBSI umbrella, but gives you kind of some, what they do, what they, they have a team of analysts like Alan who provide picks for certain games, but they also run a bunch of computer simulations and that spits out um, some stat projections for most of these college games and the UAB Miami one was projected. I don't know how many computers they used or whatnot, but sports line has Miami winning 33 to 14. Uh, and this is the stat line for Derek King that they are projecting 16 of 32 passing for 235 yards, two touchdowns and an interception also runs the ball uh, for 56 yards and a score. So in this, if this holds true, you know, he would right. move to 16 straight games. Um, my, my initial takeaway on that stat line, like I think he's going to be a little bit more, uh, not accurate, but efficient in the passing. You know, I think yeah, completion percentage might be a little bit higher. Uh, but if, if, if that's his stat line, what would you, what are your thoughts on that? I don't I'd honestly say that's okay. Um, you know, I, I think I've made it clear, like my expectation for Derek is I don't necessarily think he's going to be the most efficient passer. So yeah, I mean, 16 for 32, that's still low for me in terms of completion percentage. I would probably say, I mean, maybe 18 for 32, 19 for 32. So not that big of a difference. 235, I would say is maybe a little low. Um, but you know, uh, you're, the, you're the one that thinks that Miami's going to run the ball all day. <laughs> no, I do. I do. But you know, here's the thing with, with this offense is they're going to play more snaps, right? So there's going to be more opportunities to run the ball and to throw the ball. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, look, if you're combining 230, I think we should all get in the habit of looking at Derek King stats as total yardage, right? Okay. So, so 235 plus 256, that's about 290 uh, yards total in the game. And then, you know, you, you go two touchdowns passing, one touchdown rushing, that's three touchdowns total. So I think for any quarterback, if, if you tell me you're going to give me 290 yards and three touchdowns, you would take that all day, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All day for, for so, sure. I wouldn't get um, too caught up in like uh, completion percentage. I don't know. I mean, I just think Derek is going to generate big plays, which will make up for him not, you know, maybe he will be, but I don't think he's going to be like a 65% passer this year, but I think he's going to generate big plays if that makes sense. I maybe I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think there's going to be a lot shorter routes run than what we've seen yeah. in the past. So, so that's, that's kind of my, my thought behind that. Um, I'm not going to read off all the sports line projections. I mean, uh, but there was a, a one more interesting one, and you, when I sent you the screenshot of this, uh, you were like, yeah. "Whoa!" Uh, they project Will Mallory to be Miami's leading receiver uh, with like 55 receiving yards. Um, that would be big for the Hurricanes, I think. Yeah, I'm. A, I think, I think he is a guy that Miami needs to try and get confidence, get going in this UAB opener because for whatever reason. He just has never looked super confident uh, during his first two years uh, at Miami. So there's been moments where he's had some drops on balls he should catch. Um, his blocking has been inconsistent, etc. So I am a big fan of Will Mallory's potential and talent. Uh, he is extremely fast once he gets his, his stride going. Um, so if, if he you know, leads the team in receiving yards. I'm with you. I think that is kind of going to be a good sign. I think it's interesting too, because it seems like Sportsline, you know, is buying into Miami having this two-headed monster at yeah. tight end this year, yeah, right? It's, yeah, tight end, uh, like Brevin was right behind him with 50 yards or something like that. So, you know, I mean, I think that's, that's interesting. Um, I do think the receivers – you know, I wouldn't be surprised if like Mike Harley has a big day. If if I was to gamble uh, who is going to lead Miami in receiving yards, I would probably pick him. Who would you pick? Uh, Brevin Jordan. Okay. No. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a confession. <laughs> I, I have a confession to make. Like, I think once a week, I think I find myself thinking about how Will Mallory – ran a 10.99 in the 100 meter dash like it just is so yeah mind it's one of the freakiest things on this team it is a tight yeah. end running sub 11 seconds on 100 meters it's ridiculous i, I know well I, and it gets me going and people are like oh this guy would be the fastest guy in miami it's like uh they have a tight end that went 10.9 right Insane. i mean it is ridiculous and that's you know to that point like let's get the guy going i you know in the spring of, of Dan Enos's offense, right? We would see, you know, in spring practices, Will Mallory was doing crossing routes on almost every single play. And then the yeah. season got here and it's like that we never really saw that offense. 
Uh, I think we saw it a little in the second half against FIU when they were, you know, right. remember you hit, what do you like four catches? I think that game all in the second half. So, right. We saw a little bit of it when Brevin got hurt. Right. So Will's production kind of got a bump when Brevin got hurt. Um, but there was still some drops, you know, when, when Brevin was out. Um, anyways, I'm all in on Will Mallory. If, if he has a good game, I, uh, I agree with you. That's, that's definitely a good sign. And then the final kind of notable stats from, from sport, from sports line. Uh, they like also project some defensive statistics. They think Miami will have roughly two and a half sacks. I mean, this is kind of like numbers. I guess you can round it up and, and one and a half picks. I would honestly maybe go over on both those numbers. Yeah. Uh, I would, wouldn't you? I would definitely go over on the sacks, right? Like I, yeah. it, it feels like ever since my Manny Diaz has been here, they average what, like three and a half sacks uh, over the course of the season. So I would expect Miami's defense to have more than two and a half sacks. The one and a half picks, I would probably go over as well. But to me, that's kind of a dicier one. Uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Tyler Johnston likes to serve up picks, particularly to power five defenses. So I think the over is probably the the best bet there as well. Yeah. Um, I'm looking right now. Yeah, Miami only had a few games where they didn't have a sack. Last, only they didn't have a sack against FIU last year. Right. Only had two sacks against Virginia Tech. Mobile quarterback. Two sacks against Bethune Cookman. I mean, right. Bethune was pretty vanilla, and then Florida, they just had one sack. I think that was Greg Russo. Um, last thing, David. Let's get your prediction. I know you're going to write it. Yeah. Uh, for your for Thursday, but give anyone who listens to the podcast on Wednesday, like what what is your score prediction? So the David Lake algorithm right now is spitting out a thirty four to seventeen victory for the Miami Hurricanes. Huh. Okay. So they cover, right? They cover, no. yeah, because the line right now is what fourteen. I think it's fourteen, fourteen and a half, depending on, on where you're at. I'm 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 close with you. I got Miami 31-13. Um but I don't I don't feel confident about that cuz I could see, uh, certainly see a scenario where this offense um you know explodes for 40 or 50 right. points. I, I'll say this. I, I feel I feel confident that Miami is going to get four touchdowns. So they'll be over the 28 yeah. mark. I just don't know what happens after that. I'm with you. I mean, honestly, I went conservative. I mean, I just, I want to see what it looks like. Right. Um, but I'm with you. Like I could see Miami exploding. I think we'll know, like, again, like I said earlier, like we'll, we'll kind of have an idea in the first quarter. If this offense gets rolling in the first quarter, it's going to be a big, a big margin of victory. I think you agree with that. Yeah. But at the same time, I also do kind of, and I think I've touched on this or, or said this before. Like, I also could see this turning into a dogfight. I mean, as much as we think Manny has made all of the right offseason changes, you, you have to point out that on game days last year, there's been times where my, or there were times when Miami came out extremely yeah. flat. And we don't right. know what this is going to look like. It's going to be a weird environment. Um, 13,000 right. people there. Like, what type of, Miami are we getting and I, I do think having a leader like Derek King is is huge yes. but yes. I could also see Miami coming out and 
you know, it, it turning into an oh no, not again type thing. So I mean, I, we'll see. That's that's kind of the one thing that's also holding me back from saying that Miami's absolutely gonna whip UAB. What is the point total? So like, if if Miami scores this amount of points, you feel good that it's definitely gonna be a win, like the <laughs> lowest number, twenty eight. That's that's my that's my number, man. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair, right? If it's, if it's in the 24 or lower range, then that definitely plays to the style that UAB wants this game to be played at. So again, you know, Manny Diaz made all these changes to the offense to, to get more explosive, put more points on the board. Uh, we're going to find out on Thursday night against a pretty good defense. Um, if they can get it done, if those changes if those changes uh, meant anything. Uh, last thing before I wrap this up, just saw a tweet on my, my timeline come across from oh. Knowles247, FSU in 2020. We don't need no props in reference to turnover <laughs> props. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the turnover backpack, I guess, um, you know, after that debacle, even though it's a new <laughs> new coaching regime, I get it. Uh, I would not go back to any turnover props after the turnover backpack either. That also leads there should be a new turnover chain for Miami. So hopefully uh, we get to see that Thursday. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, check out the website whenever you guys are are listening to this inside the U.com. We'll have more preview and build up to the game Thursday night, 8 PM ACC network Um, should be a fun one. I want to, I want to mention two. Uh, 24-7 is offering a deal, I think, through Thursday, um, Thursday night. If, if you're listening to this by then, you get to take us for a test drive uh, for two months for $1. So, you know, I think it's going to be a fun season. If you like what you see against UAB um, Thursday night, sneak in a subscription here before, before the deadline runs out. Um, Thursday night at 11.59 p.m. Yeah, recruiting news will be uh, full go. I know me and Gabby are both planning to be at games uh, next week. Uh, And one last reminder, guys, pick them contest. Don't forget to sign up. There's no reason not to do it. Check uh, out Dime Life, too. So that's, people who don't know, that's Dime with a Y and Life with a Y. DimeLife.com. They got plenty of cool gear. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Take care.